All right, welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Uh, today, I'm your Thank host, you. Christian Lewis, and we are joined by Will Marsh of Gold Connections. Um, hey. So uh, thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, you've, got a, you've got a new eponymous uh, debut EP out with Fat Possum, um, which we love. Um, and, you know, just uh, excited to talk to you today. Um, I guess you're, you're down in Charlottesville right now, yeah? Yeah. Just got back. Just got back from, uh, you were on tour across the country, is that right? Yeah, we were touring for, I guess, I mean, more than a month, like, effectively. Like, we did an East Coast tour and then took, like, four days off and then went straight to the West Coast. Um, yeah, and then we drove all the way back. Oh, awesome. uh, And um, now I'm in Charlottesville. Nice. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, so tell me, I mean, all right, just to get started, um, for, for the listeners, like, tell me a little bit, you know, what, what's the Gold Connections story? I mean, you, as I said, you've got that EP out on Fat Possum. It seems to be uh, generating some, some great buzz. I think that came out at, like, March 31st, and it was right around the time that, yeah. uh, that, we, that I saw you at uh, the Mercury Lounge here in New York. Yeah. But, you know, give us a little bit, uh, what's the story of how you got here? When did you start making music, and... Uh, what made you, you know, when, when did you decide you're doing it full time? I mean, I started writing songs when I was uh, probably like 12. Like I got, I got an electric guitar and um, I'd been playing violin and drums at the time, but I, I was wanting to write songs. So I started pretty young, but um, I started Gold Connections when I was a sophomore in college um, with songs that I've been writing um, with one of my neighbors uh, at, at William & Mary in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, where I was going to school. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I kept on doing that uh, throughout college and uh, wasn't really exactly sure what I was going to do with Gold Connections moving forward, but I kind of just like took a chance and um, went full tried to go full-time with music, and that's kind of where I am now. That's awesome. And so, what, I mean, you mentioned that you started writing when you were 12, which is uh, just pretty young, but I mean, I think it's it's also reflected in the sort of maturity in the in the lyrics and the songwriting. I mean, where did the inspiration come from originally? Um, just like those 12-year-old feelings, man. <laughs> Should we talk about teenage angst? I think this is like the twelve-year-old angst. Like you were, yeah. <laughs> you peaked early in that respect. Okay. <laughs> and but, so one of the things we spend a lot of time talking about is sort of you know, given the the age differences of the the three of us on the uh, on the podcast. So my the oldest host is is uh, you know Wyndham, um, who was born in nineteen sixty-eight, and Jeremy who was born in seventy-six, and I was born in eighty-eight. So you know, I think we're sort of more more contemporaries in that respect but like you know one of the thing we we talk about just because it was so different for each of us is sort of how uh uh how you know different albums and and you know whatever the popular genre of the day is um sort of shaped our tastes at a really young age um and i mean it sounds like that that was obviously a, a pretty big factor for you given how young you started writing um and i'm kind of curious i mean what like what were the influences that shaped your taste and sort of what were you listening to growing up and you know did that come from parents or friends or older brothers yeah i mean i think what really was my main source of like uh, musical influence or were my was my father um like probably until i was like 
12 or something, I was just listening to whatever he was listening to. So I kind of grew up listening to like 90s music, like 80s, 90s alternative music. Like, I mean, R.E.M. and like Everclear. Everclear is one of my favorite bands. Nice. Um, and I remember, yeah, like their sort of like huge album, like Platinum album came out in 97 when I was like, I guess I was four, but like that was on the radio. Like when we were, when I was going to the grocery store with my mom or whatever, like that was what was on the radio. Um, I, I, I was there, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't need to tell you that. Yeah, exactly. As, as another kid who grew up in like suburban Virginia in 1995. Yeah. I can tell you it was, it was on uh, heavy rotation. Well, I guess I was like too young to be bitter about it. Maybe like most people were kind of angry about it, but I was into it. Um, and I mean, like, listen to Cracker, too. Um, and, like, I don't know, Vigilantes of Love. I don't know if you've heard of them. I haven't. But uh, just, like, yeah, music that my dad had in the car um, growing up. And then I started listening to, like, I mean, like, uh, as far as important music of my youth or, like, of the times. I think, like, you know, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot was kind of like, a, you know, a landmark that affected um, most of, like, 2000s indie rock, for better. I mean, it kind of had an influence that wasn't always that positive, but it, like, influenced me, I think. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in sort of whether geography was a factor here, too, because this is one of those things that's, like, it's hard, it's always hard to, uh, to sort of wrap your head around, um, you know, putting your own experience in perspective, I guess, and, and sort of growing up in Virginia was that, like, would I, would we have had the same experience, I guess, that kids, you know, in other parts of the country did. You mentioned Cracker. I know those guys are, I guess they're originally from, I'm kind of confused about them. They're, it's, uh, originally they're from Sacramento, but they sort of relocated to Richmond or Charlottesville? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Richmond. So did you yeah, see those I guys think... when you were growing up? Or? No. And we moved to Virginia when I was seven. So I feel like that was long enough, like, out of Virginia. Like, I mean formative years you're a baby and everything uh, in baltimore um so i'm not like 100 percent virginia okay that's cool I, sorry, not I went to college in baltimore so it's a it sounds like oh, <laughs> yeah there's uh there's plenty of where'd you go to school uh, i went to johns hopkins so um, okay cool my dad's taught at loyola oh cool <laughs> nice uh, <laughs> All right, so yeah, we can we can uh, we have a we'll we'll set up a separate podcast for to discuss like the lacrosse corridor of the Mid Atlantic. Um, <laughs> um, uh, well, so I mean, the other thing that that comes through the and the, what I was sort of getting at with geography, I guess, was you know I think I hear a lot of the the sort of slacker college rock influence, particularly in some of the verses of your songs, at least in terms of the tempo. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, obviously. I, I can't say Charlottesville and not mention pavement. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm sort of curious how that, whether that factored in uh, as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I started listening to pavement, like, really late in, I guess, end of high school, like, maybe like the last semester of senior year. Um, and, like, it, like, resonated with me. And I, th I think at the end of the day, we listen, we have just, like, similar influences, like, we both seem to like Bob Dylan a lot and like Blue Reed. And I mean, I've only recently started listening to like the hardcore influences, influences of pavement, like, um, like the fall and like wire and bands like that. But, um, I don't know. It, 
I think they influence me now. Yeah, so it's, it sort of came out of the same, you know, discipline or, or set of ingredients, which, uh, which I guess kind of makes sense, yeah. Um, well, cool. So let's uh, let's throw on one of your uh, one of your tunes. What do you want to spin first? How about uh, popular fiction? Okay. I, feel awesome. I can't build a buried heart, buried heart, buried heart, but I can sing another man's song for you. I can play a different part, a whole new part, different part, but I can't build up a buried heart for you. Got me burning now Wishing for nothing Short than anything Within your power And I don't remember Or recall Or recall the patience But I can't hold on To the sound of your voice My blood's on the TJ Welcome back to Brother, 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 where today we are joined by Will Marsh of Gold Connections. Um, so, Will, you know, the next thing I wanted to ask you about is, is sort of what inspired this EP. I know the three of us on this podcast love it. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's a it's a really, I mean, great sort of well-sequenced and, and well-put-together, you know, um, uh, EP. I, I'm curious sort of when were these songs written and, and what was the inspiration behind it? My experiences. <laughs> um you know, I recorded it junior year of college uh, around that time. So most of the songs are about romantic experiences, and I don't know. I don't have a good answer right now. <laughs> but um, didn't you read the press release? It's all there. <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, that's... It's, that's no, it's, it is, I mean, yeah, I, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did, um, and uh, so, but I mean, it, it sounds, you know, it, it was a, uh, it, I mean, it was, it, it does certainly seem to reflect, the, I mean, the experiences that, like, I mean, a lot of college kids would go through, but um, was that, I mean, were these written, I guess, around the same time, or was it sort of over the course of a, a longer period, and, and sort of how did you pull those particular songs together, I guess, because you've, yeah. you've got a few other yeah. tunes from, from uh in the bank at that point since you'd been at it for, for 10 years. Right. Right. <laughs> um, as I claim, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I started the oldest song on that album. I start, I wrote when I was a freshman. Um, and I guess I was in car seat headdress when I wrote it. Um, and that was about, I guess that, um, sort of the end of like high school. And it's about those, those feelings of like, coming back to town and um, feeling kind of lost. That's And I guess there's a romantic context to that song, too. Um, but, yeah, they're just, like, about the experience of, like, just, like, growing up. I guess it's really a coming-of-age album at the end of the day. 
like New Orleans is, is I remember writing that sophomore year, like in my apartment and just like in, I guess in the afternoon and just like bummed out, like sophomore feelings. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like 12 year old feeling, but it, it's when yes, you're I know it sophomore. very well actually. So, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, um, so, it, I mean, it is, as you say, yeah, it's coming of age. There's a, there's definitely a, a strong confessional quality to it as well. I mean, it, um, I, I'm going to pick up on one of the threads that, that you just mentioned though. So you, you used to be in car seat headrest and though, I mean, for folks who listen to this, um, podcast will know so we actually i mean our uh uh teens of denial was was our sort of you know favorite or, or best album of 2016 when we did a end of year sort of special there i mean we we love that um and that was actually initially how uh you know it was the the connection um that that switched us on to to your music so um so you know great in uncovering that as well so you guys were contemporary you were contemporaries in college were you classmates or yeah, um, we took a, a James Joyce seminar together. Um, but he's he's a year above me, so we were in like a couple classes together, and just like the, the same like music scene. Um, yeah, we were like we were buddies. The the Colonial uh, Williamsburg uh, music scene. So is that like flutes and uh, drums? Yeah. And shit? Okay. <laughs> that actually is. That's definitely a thing. Yeah. No. I'm, like uh, <laughs> that's probably the most consistent aspect of the music scene. <laughs> Is uh, in the sense consistent in the sense that they've been playing the same songs for three hundred years, um, but yeah, and they'll be there on the, on the strip like at the same time every week. <laughs> That's pretty. So actually, I, I'm curious. What's the? Uh, I mean, I had a few friends who went to William and Mary, as I think anybody who went to high school in Virginia did. Um, but what was the? What is the scene like there? I know. I know you were involved in college radio, which, like, is. I mean, that that sounds like. Um, you know, it might be like, it's obviously going to be the enclave of, of sort of like-minded people in that respect, but, um, are there, like, are there music clubs down there? Uh, no. Okay. There, <laughs> there aren't. Got it. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, no, there aren't. Um, there's like a pizza place where, um, <laughs> we, we would play some shows and I actually saw Mac DeMarco play at the same pizza place, which is pretty oh, awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, so like there. So bands will come in. It's mostly through the through the radio station and through the Meridian, which is like this DIY space on campus where I, we played our first show. You know, we'll like have like Kendrick Lamar or somebody play, but there's no like music club at all. Kendrick Lamar went to William and Mary to play a show. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that would be all fair enough. We had Wale on campus at Hawkins, so that was kind of, yeah. Um, although KDOT's, that's, that's fucking great, man. Um, yeah, apparently your college radio station is better than our college radio station was because we didn't have that kind of pull. Um, well, and so you, what's the what's the relationship now like with, uh, so I guess Will Toledo of, of Kirstie Headrest, I mean, he produced the EP, is that right? Or a couple of the songs on it? Yeah, he produced and engineered the whole thing. Awesome. And um, was that, I mean, did you know you definitely wanted to work with him? Or, I mean, you guys have obviously been working together for a while. I'm just kind of interested in how your styles interact and, you know, what the process of making that's like. Because obviously playing in a band with somebody is a little bit different than having somebody produce you. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, he we, he started when I was a junior, 
I've been do, doing gold connections for like a year, and um, I think he was taking like a brief hiatus from from like performing in car seat address, like just taking a breather. Um, and so he started playing drums in gold connections. Um, and the, the year was coming to an end. It was like around near exams, like spring exams. And he said, we should record the gold connection songs that we have. And I agreed. And, um, he, he offered to produce it. And I like, I mean, I was accepted. No, like I was, um, that, you know, his, his production style would, um, inevitably come through with, with these recordings. And there's, I mean, there, there are two sides to that. I think I'm, I'm very glad that, that he recorded it. It's, it's obvious that he produced it. Um, how, how but I think reflect how so like unpack that a little bit. Cause I'm curious. I mean, it, for I mean I'm not as well versed in sort of the the production you know technology side of that kind of thing. So when you say it's obvious he produced it, like what's the what's the stamp that you can hear? Yeah. Well, I'll, I guess at the time I was I was more concerned about how his sort of like lo-fi sound would could possibly like dominate the songs. Um, but like now I really that he was really bringing out the sound that was already there. Like, we were just, like, we had these, like, pop songs, like, like, the way we were playing them was, like, very, like, slacker rock. And I think he really just kind of captured that moment. It's easy to say that, you know, like I was tempted to say just now without really thinking about it, that, um, that it's, like, a, a car seat headdress sort of um, sound that was like superimposed on the music. He was really just recording it, like he just kind of pressed the record button, and this is what happened. So I don't really know if I answered your question. No, I think you did. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it. Yeah, it's it's ultimately that's that's really sort of what the I guess what a what a good producer does, right? Is yeah. sort of really. I mean, he didn't put in press button. He was there and he orchestrated, but like. Yeah, he had, an, I think, a pretty natural, a very natural style of producing it. And what? And where did you guys record again? Oh, um, in uh, the basement of the house I was living in. Ah, okay. On campus. Yeah. Good acoustics. Yeah, it's a, a sort of a really uh, moldy basement. <laughs> uh, pretty. There's some good echoes. I remember like doing vocal tracking for New Religion, <laughs> and it, but it made me less self-conscious because I was like. I was like screaming. If you listen to the song, you know I kind of scream on it. And I went upstairs. I was like, "Did anybody hear me like doing this vocals?" Because I was like a little conscious about it, and like no one heard anything. So it was like that. It was like a good environment for like experimenting with recording. Yeah, absolutely, and and one that you're comfortable in to the you know it's a it's it's a familiar place so well let's actually take a take a break there real quick and listen to new religion um and uh and hear you screaming at your staircase Take another week 
Brother, brother, brother. It's your host, Christian Lewis, and we're here today with Will Marsh from Gold Connections, and that was a uh, new religion that we were just listening to. And, well, we were just talking uh, about um, the process of recording your EP, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm also interested in sort of how what you're listening to at a given time can affect, you know, how the recording process goes and, and sort of um, what... Uh, you know, what influences sort of shape, I mean, the songs are already written, obviously, but sort of, you know, how they end up getting shaped and sort of produced and, on you know, the back end. And I'm curious, like, what were you listening to when you were recording this? Um, I feel like I was listening to a lot of, like, like, 60s music, like, the, I was listening to a lot of, like, Rolling Stones, and we actually, like, that was kind of a huge influence on, on Gold Connections, like, as an idea, yeah? Like, <laughs> I mean... Just like four dudes in a rock band, just like kind of living that life, and um, but I think like musically it came, I think it came through in our our like um, our approach to the recording process. Like we didn't use metronomes; that was Will's decision, and I had no problem with it because I didn't want to use a metronome because it's too difficult. But um, you know, people recording artists had a more like human approach to tempo and rhythm. And I think that resonated with me. And I think it comes through on the record. Um, it's just like a looser, like looser groove. Absolutely. Um, I think like the sort of sixties, like recording process came through. Yeah, it does. I mean, there is a sort of, uh, like the, the, the sort of performative aspect of, the, the music comes through, I think, a little bit more um, as a result as well, because it is, I mean, it is a little bit easier to imagine, um, you know, uh, to imagine the live show um, as opposed to, like, you know, I always think of, like, the, like, I mean, think about, you know, mid-80s, like, Sting and U2. I mean, you've got some crazy, mm -hmm. you've got incredible drummers there who are working on those click tracks, but, like, um, but it does have an almost, like, mechanical sound to it. Um, mm -hmm. So. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point. So, um, and what, and, well, so turning, I guess, a little bit to, uh, to the tour now, um, I guess you said, all right, so you had four days, you had four shows here on the East Coast, and we saw you at one of those, which is great, um, with, uh, I think, Active Bird Community here at Mercury Lounge, um, and, um, and then you went out west, you, did, were you at South by Southwest as well? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, what were some of the what were some of the you know venues that you liked while you were while you were doing this? And had you toured out west before, or this is really the first uh, the first run? The first run. I've never been to like any of the West Coast. Um, like I'd been to LA for like two days, but this was like the first for in all sorts of ways. Um, like we started in Montana, went to Seattle, like did a bunch of shows in Oregon and uh, California. All our favorite show was probably at the chapel in San Francisco. Oh, um, nice. That was just like, yeah, yeah. We were talking with this band called Future Birds, um, uh, and they were they were fantastic and it was it was really great. But yeah, San Francisco was was my favorite city for sure. Yeah, it's a cool place. So we're we we on the East Coast are glad you came back. I'm always like afraid that the first time somebody from the East like shows up in LA or San Francisco, they're gonna look around and be like, "Why the hell wouldn't I live here?" Um, yeah, wait, you're telling me it's like this every day of the year? Um, yeah. So, well, and and uh, LA, you played the bootleg, is that right? Yeah. 
that's a that's a fun. And, uh, all of the West Coast was great. Yeah. That's a cool spot. Like uh, Wyndham and I talk a lot actually about the fact that it, I mean LA really seems like a um, it's such a great venue city. I mean, there's so many sort of weird spots that are you know sort of unconventionally shaped or whatever. And I, I guess it's actually a little bit like uh, like Austin in that respect. And there are just so damn many of them. But um, but yeah, the the bootleg's definitely a fun one. So um, haven't been to the chapel, mm-hmm. but I'll have to check that out next time I'm there. What uh and so it was just it was the three so who are the other two guys who are um, in Gold Connections right now touring with you they were yeah uh, Brett um, he plays bass and Patrick he plays drums and we have this dude Ryan who he plays guitar um, in Charlottesville or uh, or they, those guys live in Richmond uh Brett is in Richmond Patrick lives in Charlottesville okay yeah. Cool. So, what were the uh, so you, so venue highlights? You said the the chapel. Um, any other uh, any other favorite shows or um, whether it was? I mean, what were what were some of the best? Like, I guess South by is always a always a fun time because I'm always interested in hearing you know who uh, who artists favorite new artists are basically. Um, and I mean, who did you get to play with and and who did you hear that you liked? Uh, I saw Power Bottom. <laughs> Yep. Um, you can cut that out if you want to. Nope, that's fine. Um, I've seen them plenty of times up here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. But um, I saw my favorite band was probably Priests. Um, they're on uh, uh, Sister Polygon Records, which I'm pretty sure is um, is run by the lead singer yep. of Priests. Yeah, they're a punk band from DC. That was. That was the ad hoc, um, their promoters in New York. It was ad hoc showcase. Um, that's sick. And we saw Hoops, who are also at Possum. We saw them a couple times, which it's always good to see those guys. Yeah, they're uh, from like, they're from like Indiana. Is that right? Bloomington or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're a good group. I love Priest though, um, and like the yeah. Uh, I mean, they really are sort of leading the charge, I think, of, of DC bands right now. And, you know, super sort of politically minded, um, but uh, but really sharp and a shit ton of fun to see live. So um, it's certainly uh, energetic. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I won't, I won't steer the conversation back to, uh, back to Power Bottom lest either of us say anything that um, uh, ruins our careers on the internet. Um, but yeah, it's nothing to laugh about. <laughs> no, not, I mean, but it is like, a, uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's an incredible, it's just an incredible thing to watch though. Um, really, I mean, it, just the speed with which it sort of seems to have unraveled. So, um, that is, uh, so keep that in mind, Will. That's, that's what, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. Um, I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's uh, well let's see. Let's do you want to throw in another song um, from from the EP or uh, or something from before that maybe? Um, uh, like a, a Gold Connection song. Yeah, I guess we can do Faith in Anyone. Perfect. All right, let's check it out.
Welcome back to Brother, 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 where we're here today with Will Marsh Gold Connections. Um, so, Will, you know, I wanted to sort of, uh, wanted to ask, I mean, we, we got some news this morning that, you know, one of the truly sort of great rock stars of the of the 90s, um, Chris Cornell, had uh, had had passed away, um, which uh, opened a door to me asking the question, uh, if you could play with any musician, living or dead, who would that be? Um uh, yeah, Sid Barrett. <laughs> All right. No, that's a um, good answer. Because uh, I hear he, like, um, back when he was in Pink Floyd and kind of getting edged out, he would try and he would be teaching the band a song and he would teach a new version of the song every single time. So it'd be kind of, and it really annoyed them. Um, and it'd be kind of interesting to try and learn a song with him. I also just like his music. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm. I, I've got to say, I'm not a huge, uh, huge Pink Floyd head myself, but I did. I actually did like. I think Opal was his like first solo album or something like that, um, which is a which is pretty good. So yeah, um, yeah, he's a very yeah. I'm on the same page. I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan either, but I love. I like Madcap Laughs and like Opal and, and Sid Barrett self-titled. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a really smart songwriter. I mean, he's sort of musically, I think he's a really sort of intelligent songwriter. Um, well, so what, I mean, on that note, like, what are you actually listening to these days? What's, uh, you know, what's in the headphones? Last year, last summer, I started listening to Grateful Dead. And um, that's kind of what I've, that's like the only really new thing I've been listening to. Like, not exactly we got, new, like, but... We got Amer- <laughs> yeah, but like new for me. <laughs> but um, like, got American Beauty, and then once later, Working Man's Dead. And... And I'm listening to I forget the name of it, but I like I bought it in Portland. It was like that live one pink cover, the purple cover. I don't know if you listen to that much, but um, it's like an older, like more psychedelic album by them. No, we're we're we we actually pretty routinely trash that band on on this podcast. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's not. Uh, I believe the phrase uh, "a bunch of old hippies tuning their instruments" has come up more than once. But um, no, I mean, I think. Uh, that's interesting to hear, though, because, like, you know, I do hear over and over, particularly from, from musicians, right, that, like, there's sort of, there's a fascination with them, um, and, and I think yeah. the way they perform, um, but I'm still, it's it's hard, because I, I think their live performances, you know, s- reportedly just so trumped their, uh, any of their studio albums, like, they just weren't a great studio band, when you think about it, I mean, that's partly why the, the tape trading thing became such a big deal you know i mean did you listen to american beauty i mean you probably did you like listen to it yeah I mean, it's pretty tight <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll give another spin later today um okay <laughs> you've you've on, on your recommendation i can i can revisit this yes um okay. there's that uh and there's no question i don't want to get you too worked up about it <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, also, that's not. I think, as interview tactics go, not generally recommended to uh, when somebody tells you what they're <laughs> listening to to say that band sucks. <laughs> no, that's well, that's the whole thing. That's like when you listen to that's like the routine. Like you tell your dad you're listening to Grateful Dead, and he's like, "Oh, I hated that band in the '70s." You know, it's yeah. part of the deal. Yeah. No, it's it's true. Um, but uh, well, and so what's what's the future look like for for gold connections right now so you've just come off tour um you got another you got more shows coming up or are you gonna take a take a little time off and do some writing and get back in the studio 
I haven't been listening to much music. I've just been like demoing new songs, new music uh, in the future. We uh, don't really, can't really say for sure when precisely it'll come out. But uh, yeah, we got like a new music in the works uh, coming out. Awesome. Does, you it, know. does it look like that's uh, that's still like you've got a relationship going with Fat Possum now? Um, or is it too early to say? No, we still have a relationship with, with Fat Possum. But it's also too early to say, like, what the, that relationship will look like uh, going forward. Stokes that sounded kind of serious. <laughs> We're still on Fat Possum. I'll put okay. it that way. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's all right. It's it's gen, it's spurring intrigue, man. It's it's good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Twitter will love this. Um, uh, Gold connections throws down gauntlet. Suggest, you know, hints at hints at maybe uh, maybe a future on another label. No, um, totally. So yeah, the when the EP is doing really well, it's been getting a ton of uh, a ton of acclaim. So um, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. And then do you and summer yeah. tours or uh, heading back out on the road at all? Yeah. So um, we're doing some shows. We're doing four shows with Car Seat Address this summer. Um, I think one of those hasn't been announced yet. So there's some intrigue for you. All right. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're trying to play as much as possible. So yeah, I think we're going to try and hit it real hard, like early fall. Um, and like play, play sort of short runs this summer or like really start touring again, like in the early fall. Cool. Just, I'm just focusing on, on writing songs and recording right now. Awesome. Well, we hope uh, we hope to be back up in, in New York soon, um, so we can uh, we can check it out. Um, but we'll uh, we would make the trip to other other cities on the East Coast to see it. So, um, well, thanks so much for uh, for joining us today. And um, let's see if we want to want to get one more song for the uh, for the outro. Can I can I suggest Icarus? Um, yeah, it's the uh, first song I heard and, and absolutely love it. Um, so we'll uh, we'll throw that on. But yeah, thanks so much for coming by. Um, we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Please stop talking.